Hello, I'm Igor Prado, straight from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we are Talking Blues on Talking Blues. So you say it's winter now. So we're talking August. It's a silly question, but is it the end of winter or is it whereabouts are you in August? I mean, the, the you are asking me when is the when is the end of winter in Brazil? Yeah, probably September. Okay. Yeah. And then when it's hot, does it get really hot? Oh yeah. Where you yeah. are? Yeah. I mean, more more in, in I live in São Paulo. São Paulo is south of Brazil. The hotter area i mean the the when the weather is more brutal in the north of brazil right because brazil is huge yes 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 okay so and you've lived in sao paulo all your life yeah so what i'm curious about would be how you first got into music i grew up in a in a in a music family you know i i have all my old parents i mean my grandparents they everyone a lot of them was involved in in music i had an uncle in a in in a, he was one of the old school guys that was writing down was writing what they call samba canção like from the 30s and the 40s in brazil that old school samba that they used to do in the past okay. and i have another uncle that plays cavaquinho and he he was one of the old school guys of the choro. Choro is another kind of Brazilian music. Chorinho, chorinho is like how I can explain. It's like a mixing of jazz and an old school samba. It's almost like a Brazilian gypsy jazz kind of thing. It's very very interesting. Called choro. Did they do this as a living or as a hobby? Were they musician, professional musicians? So, some of them was professional. And. S- and some of them was hobby, but pretty much everybody was involved in music. I mean, everybody. I remember in the when we celebrate birthdays or or or, or family celebrate or, or or Christmas, always had music in my in my house. I mean, all the uncles playing all the instruments, and and so music was something that always was around. You know, with right. people. And in the same time, I'm talking about when I was like five years old, four years old. In the same time I was listening all this Brazilian music, my father was a big, big fan of Little Richard and Chuck Berry. And he used to have like uh, old tapes. And in the same time that I was listening to Brazilian music, I was, I was listening a lot of uh, traditional rock and roll or, or blues music with my father. And and my mother used to to tell that sometimes I, I would grab a microphone when I was like three or four years old. I would grab a <laughs> microphone in the middle of this this samba thing and and sing it, Lucia. And then I was like, stop this thing, stop stop this. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know why, but I mean, like Little Richard and and rock and roll and Chuck Berry was was something that grabbed me since I was like very, very, very young. I don't know how. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I always loved that kind of music. And 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 that was my first 
my first contact with music that I remember, you know, my uncles and, and all these old tapes and cassettes of my, that my father had. Like, and, and, and I remember my first music thing was Little Richard and Chuck Berry in my head. Well, yeah. you could do far worse than that. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> so when did the guitar come into your life? What was the guitar the first instrument? Yes. My father used to play acoustic guitar. And my father was a lefty-handed guy that used to grab a, a, a right-handed and turn backwards, exactly the way I played. Right. So I think my father was my first insp inspiration. And I still, I still remember, the. like I said, my father used to play samba, but he used to play a little riffs like Day Tripper or... Be the Beatles stuff or, or, or a little Chuck Berry for me. Oh, check it out, this thing. So uh, the guitar and that kind of music, I think, I think was the first, the first impact on me. So I always, I, I always wanted to play a guitar. If your dad is left-handed and played the right-handed guitar, is that why you play the way you do, or is it pretty much because yeah. you're left-handed as well? I'm I'm left ha left-handed as well. Okay, but I I so, used to play wrong because I saw him doing that. Because I I play with the my guitar is is upside down like Albert King. And I saw him doing that, and I started to 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 learn chords like this. And then when I was when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I I my my father put me in a music school. And the teacher was like, "No, that's all wrong." <laughs> yeah, and and I almost I almost decided to stop to play guitar because I I was very depressed, because he was like, but he was he, he was he he was more like samba or or classical music guy, and he was like, "Oh, you learn the instrument." wrong you have to start from zero now and i i started i changed all my strings and i tried you know to to start from the zero and i almost was like no i don't want to play guitar because this guy was like no this is wrong you never will be a professional guy because you're playing with instruments backwards and you don't see any classical guy or, or jazz guy play like this right so I so I quit the 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 this this music school. In couple years after that, I realized I realized that couple blues guys used to play like this, and and for you bend when you bending the notes like bang that 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 the classic blues thing on the guitar, it's right. better it's better if you if you if you're left-handed like upside down. That was like Eric Clapton trying to emulate Otis Rush. Otis Rush was a left-handed, upside-down guy, and and as like Albert King was was like that too. So for the blues music, that that was an advantage, not not a a, a mistake. Like the guy was like, "No, you learned the, the instrument in the wrong side. I mean, you never will be a professional." Blah blah blah. So that was kind of cool, you know. That is cool. So I wonder, I always wonder when I see somebody playing the guitar upside down. I mean, every chord, it's not like you can watch somebody, a right-handed guitar player, 
and easily imitate that, right? Yeah, yeah. You kind of have to reverse everything. Exactly. It's very different. Except that you had your dad who would teach you. I mean, obviously, he played it that way. Yes, yes, yes. But it must have been... Was it difficult to learn the guitar that way? No, because I think when you learn from zero, it's pretty much like, like, like if the guitar was like this, too, you know. I mean... For me, it was very natural. I didn't know that was wrong until the guy in the music school be, tell me, like, oh, damn, that, that, that's the wrong side. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like a blasphemy. But I also presume that because you're bending the notes the way you do, your bends would sound differently than a right-handed guitar. Exactly. Band. Because we bend, we, 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 we pull from, 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 the, from down. I can right. show that. And that and that's the reason like Eric Clapton, all those guys was trying to do the or, or Albert King. So my bending is like is different. That's the reason Otis Rush and Albert King was different. Cause that I think the bending make makes in the blues a big difference. Like So that, that 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 makes a lot of difference. So tell me, I mean, you talked about realizing that these musicians played the guitar the same way you did, but did that did you did you come to the blues because of that or did blues come to you before that? How did the blues come into your life? I think blues come to my life before that with with Chuck Berry and Little Richard cuz right. I didn't know nothing about music and then years later I I saw that the whole Muddy Waters band was a backup band for, for for the stuff I used to listen with Chuck Berry. So there's a lot of blues there, but mm-hmm. but after this problems with the music school, I start to 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 search some stuff and learn, and then I learn, and and then I I discover that. You don't have rules to play the blues because it's, I mean, that I think that was one of the most encouraged things that I, that I saw because, because I saw this guy tell me like, no, you never will be, you, you, you learn wrong. You never will be a professional guy, blah, 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 blah. And then I discovered in the blues was totally opposite. Like, wow, you are different. You're, you're bending different. I think. I think that that stuff encouraged me a lot because in, in the blues they use different tunings, they they use different approach. You don't have rules, I mean, to play. Right. It's it's very open, you know. Like, so would it, would you have had a goal to do go follow music in the classical or jazz vein? Had that not been the issue, like had had you been put, had you been a right-handed guitar player? Like was was when you went to the this music school, oh. did you have goals to pursue music as a career? Not not in that time yet. But I want to learn the instrument in the right way. Uh, but I was, I mean, I had like a fourteen or fifteen. I was like half and half, you know. Like I had my school thing and I had my music. I was like, I was. I was thinking about what what 
what what kind of stuff I'm going to do, you know. But At what point did you think, yeah, I want to do this music thing? I think a little bit further that uh, when I was like 16 or 17, in Brazil, they, they start to bring, because the economy thing, they start to bring uh, the American artists without their bands. And I was, I was like like a young guy in Brazil that was learning a lot of the, about the blues, and I and I was like a cheap musician, you know. And they start to put me to back up those guys, you know, those especially the Chicago guys like Eddie C. Campbell, a uh, uh, Phil guy, and James Wheeler. Most of them are dead now, yeah. And I start to get involved with those old guys, those real deal old guys I remember I think my first gig I had like 17 years or 16 with James Wheeler and that that was a big impact on me that was a big like turn life changing I, I don't know if I, if I can say turning point I don't know tell me in your words why was it life changing why was it the turning point because I think I saw those guys and They saw some potential on me, and and they were they was like Igor, yeah, do this, do that. If you want, if you want to come to states, blah blah blah. And and I think I, my first traveling to states was was pretty much in this time, and I discovered a lot of music. I start to gain a little respect with the uh, uh, with those guys, and I start to make a little money in Brazil, cause. The, the the guys was using me, of course, because I was young, it was cheap, and I was learning very fast with those guys. And those guys, in certain point, they was like, "Oh, this guy is young, but he he he's in a in a right. He really knows how to play rhythm. He really knows how to back up another blues player." Blah blah blah. And I I start to 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 speak in the same language in in a musical wise. Uh, with those guys and that was like blowing my mind it was like wow and i discovered a lot of music i remember a few guy showing me stuff like johnny guitar watson igor you like funky you like soul try to listen johnny guitar watson in the 70s try to listen to this guy try to man that was like a, a wow that was changing a lot of and and i think i decided to be professional because those guys you know okay so Can you paint the scene at that point? And I, what are we talking about? 80s? No, 90s? no, that was like like 2000. 2000. Okay, yeah. so in the year 2000, what is the blues scene? Because blues kind of came to Brazil in the 80s, correct? Is yes, that... yeah, yeah. I think the first festival was 89. So that that's very, very new stuff in Brazil. Right. So what's the scene like when you decide that you want to pursue this and you're starting to tour with these? great Chicago musicians. What, how is blues looked upon in, in Brazil and what kind of market does it have? I mean, the 90s in Brazil was the blues festivals. was a new thing in Brazil because before blues was only like jazz festivals. And, and, and can you imagine it, uh, like a, 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 a big country, a potential country with business and music discovered the blues in the 90s. So in the 90s, a lot of a lot of sponsorships, a lot of big festivals, and all those big artists, they they was touring in Brazil with their full band. 
And in the early 2000s, the economy was like, in Brazil. And they start to brought only only the main guy and, and right. put Brazilian backup bands. And and I, I was I was in the right place in the right time, pretty much, I think. Young guy, plain blues, study, cheap, had a little contact with American artists. Were there established Brazilian blues bands then? Like were there Brazilian musicians that you looked up to? To play the blues, or was it all about these bands who played with? No, American I think in, in, in the 90s, because blues was like a big influence in, in, in a lot of aspects in, in Brazil. Uh, a lot of a lot of blues bands and artists start to to pop up here in, in, in Brazil, you know, and even some guys that was mixing blues blues rock with with portuguese lyrics they was kind of famous in the radio in the 90s hmm. a band called blues etílicos and i think that 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 was a huge influence on me too you know and so as a as is there a circuit that you could follow easily like if you were going on tour with phil guy or Eddie C. Campbell, is there a bunch of cities that or route that you follow in, in Brazil? Yeah, especially in the early 2000s. We used to play like 12 shows, 15 shows in a row. I think early 2000s, the scene was already great until, until 2008, 2000, yeah. Because the financial market collapse. So what does that? What happens then to you? But but I I start I started to do a lot of stuff. I mean like, in the early two thousand I started to back up those guys. In in two thousand six in two thousand seven I started to put out my stuff, my own material, my own CDs. In the same time I started to study sound engineering. So in, in in early in in, in two thousand six seven I was recording myself I was touring with some stuff I was touring with some artists and around two thousand eleven I start to bring myself I put a company booking agency and I start to bring a lot of uh, American artists. And not only blues, more like soul, more like R&B, funk. So I start to get involved in, in, in a lot of different, in a different paths. Not only just play. I was producing festivals. I was recording. I was doing pretty much a lot of stuff, I mean, in the same time. So that opens my, my, my range of... Uh, financial stuff and then I start to put out albums in Europe I start to book tours in Brazil and in Europe too and I, uh, so that was pretty much my my average financial okay, so stuff yeah my, when you decided that you wanted to put out your own stuff how 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 were you accepted? So, you know, you probably at this point made your name playing with Chicago musicians. Yes. And and people would come and see you backing up these people. Then you say, well, I'm going to do my own thing. 
how how difficult was that to go down that path and and how easy was it to get your following or did you already have that following in the first albums i mean my first album i had a lot of special guests too you know i was so in in, in the very beginning it was was pretty much playing a cup playing different songs and have a lot of friends that i was made in in a, in a, in a touring and, and traveling and 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 that was step by step until I put out my own stuff and 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 I still pursue that now I'm trying to connect Brazilian beats and blues that's my next goal and 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 I was I never and and I never planned too much stuff you know when when you do when you're doing so much stuff that are happening, I mean, in the middle of the tours, hey, can can we record like two songs here? Feel blah, blah. Yeah, hey, Tia, can we record one song here? I want to put out this thing. And, yeah, it was like stuff was happening. It's crazy. Some stuff was like never was planned. Can you tell me? You know, you you talked about Phil Guy telling you, recommending you music to listen to, or suggesting things you should listen to. Can you give me examples of other things that you you would have learned from these great artists? I that, mean, that has made you who you are today. Yeah, I, I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, especially when I was very young, I used to, I used to listen just like a very old school kind of blues. My mind was like, the good blues is from the forties and fifties and maybe the sixties. And I was, in some stuff, I was like, this is blues. This is not blues. And I think few. Few show me like Eager for the for I mean, he was one of the architects, you know. Like he was like man, Igor in a black community, we don't have that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember, I I was in Chicago. I mean, and I was talking with somebody in a, in a Delmark, in a record mart, and 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 I think I don't know who was with me. Maybe it was Jimmy. I remember. I remember it was Jimmy Johnson, and I was like, "This is this is Texas blues, this is jump blues," and I remember I, I think it was Jimmy. He told me, "Igor, you know who invented that?" I was like, "No." He was like, "Was a people was a white people in in England to separate to segregate the blues," right? And in our community, in our in in the black community, we don't split stuff like this. I mean, it's all black music. So I think I learned a lot with those guys. I mean, like a few guys show me some stuff. Hey, did you ever check this disco thing that Johnny Guitar Watson put in the 70s? I was like, yeah, disco. He was like, man, this is great. This is amazing, you know. Even <laughs> even some hip-hop stuff. They was like, this is great, man. This is like, this is the, the new blues, man, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and that was a lot of learning for me, you know around those guys I mean like because some of them was super open minded so some of the old guys are very like but some of them are are very very open minded I think few few was super open minded how important was it for you to go to the states and get exposure to blues in the states oh man that that was like like that was that that's a life changing too you know when i saw even to play, even to play, another good example. 
the first time I realized how to play a shuffle like like was when I saw a black girl dancing a shuffle in Chicago. The way she was moving her hips and stuff, and I realized the right riff because in Brazil it's not our, it's not it's not part of our culture. So people don't dance shuffle like this. Mm-hmm. And I think I improved my rhythm watching black the the, the, the those black chicks in, in Chicago playing this line dancing on the shuffle. So it's very, very cultural. I mean like this stuff. So coming to the States and especially Chicago and, and seeing seeing the real thing, that that's another life changing for me, you know. And then I know you've played in the States. You also played in Europe. What Tell me about your approach to playing in Europe and what you hope to accomplish when you were there. I think in Europe they have they have a huge respect on the blues, and they have a huge respect respect, and they really knows if you study, if you know if you know what you're doing, and. I, st- I we started to to play in Europe in a long time ago it was like 2011 2012 Oh by the way I have to mention Linwood Sling <laughs> Linwood was a was a singer from California they used to play West Coast blues that Yeah and and he was a huge impact because we we recorded our and we signed our first album release in the states in 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 a major label that was in 2000 i think 2015 or 16 and 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 traveling back and forth to california uh, it's another life changing for me too you know seeing the recording there playing gigs there and 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 put out this album and this partnership with Linwood Sling to, like like i said all these people i think everyone was dropping something in my mind and in every experience he was like very very important i mean tia carol was was another huge influence you know we can we you met, elaborate on that in what way did she influence you yeah a lot i mean i, th- I think carol was the first soul more like soul singer that uh, that we we back up and and we got crazy like wow we should <laughs> we should only play with girls singing soul in R&B and we met Tia Carol in Switzerland in 2011 it's crazy true Linwood's land so everyone is connected okay so blues is known to have come from the delta yeah or grow out of the delta into different places did you ever face any not backlash, but was there any um, bias against you because you're not from states, the South or the states? I mean, I I would think less so in Europe because for some reason I think Europeans tend to support blues yeah, from yeah, all yeah, countries. Yeah, but I, I don't know how difficult it is to be a Brazilian a musician coming from Brazil playing the blues in the states. Yeah, but I think, especially, I don't know why. I think the black community that that's that's crazy. But they accept more, and and f- 
who who mentioned that to me one time? I think it was Larry. I don't know why they accept more like Latin Americans. A white Latin America is more acceptable than a white. This is like all about race stuff. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but I always was super embraced. Oh, that's good to hear. Like wow, he's from hey, he's from Brazil. Blah blah blah. Even I remember. Uh, uh, I remember going in a restaurant in a black area in, in Texas and, and, and all those guys looking weird to me and my friend was like, no, he's a musician from Brazil. And all those guys, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. He's my friend, he's a musician, he's a blues musician from Brazil. And all those guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so I don't know, man. I think, and, and they love it, you know, this like Latin America stuff in, in the middle of the music thing. And, and I never... I never felt this like musical racism and stuff between those guys. Never. When when you decided to bring get more involved in bringing American artists to Brazil and touring with them, how easy was that for you to select the artists that you want to bring down? How did that? How did that happen? How do you choose, and how open were these artists to coming down? Because you worked with some great artists. I think um, we 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 was working uh, with a lot of friends. I mean, like Sling was friend of Tia, and and we started to do this connection with artists that that was longtime friends, you know. Especially the Chicago guys, they are all friends. I mean, it, and and we played with a lot of a lot of them, you know. And so you call up and say, "Hey, we want to bring you down to Brazil." Most yeah, people are quite open to it. Yeah, but but before that, probably another artist was was like, "Hey, those guys wants to bring you there is great." I I I I played in Brazil. I like Brazil. Blah blah blah. We played in South America. It was always easy work with a lot of friends. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember to reach somebody that didn't know me or somebody that was always like somebody that would indicate a friend or like, oh, this is my friend. I know this. I, w- I want to talk with with her first and then you call her, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Okay. On the other hand, how easy is it to introduce different artists from the States to the Brazilian audience? Do they automatically assume? I mean, is it a, a big blues following there? Um, or is it that they they trust you, and if you're bringing them down, then these people will come and see you? I think uh, in the '90s, blues was traditional blues was kind of huge in Brazil, and I think in the early 2000s, they start to discover soul R&B. That was pretty much went in into the blues and. And, and and people in Brazil really like to dance, really like to have a good time, and and, and soul music and 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 funk and R and B and is perfect for that. So, so I was using pretty much my sense of musical producer, and and and, and imagining in my head, I'm gonna put this project here in Brazil. We will bring those those artists, and we go. We used to do a different set list than the artist was was doing in America. And and some artists like Tia Caratira is super versatile. Like she can do mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff. And she understands that. And she was like, yeah, let's do this song, this song. That would be great for Brazil. 
And we played a lot with Tia Caro. I remember one year we played almost like 30 shows, 32 wow. shows, and we played in whole South America, Chile, Argentina, and people loved Tia Caro here way before she had like the, an album and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And how does one get in a following like that? How does that happen? Is it just like live experience? Is it how does that how does she get a following in, in not only in Brazil but other parts of South America? Because my band started to gain a lot of reputation in Brazil and media because all oh, this young guy that that was great for media for TV. This young Brazilian guy playing America, play with the black guys, blah blah blah. And when we brought Tia, we had like this national TV show setting up on TV. So Tia had a lot of exposure in Brazil since the first time. And wow. she delivered, I mean, badass, you know. And people <laughs> bought that, you know. I mean, people still love her a lot here. So if you if you had a chance, I have this this TV show that was pretty much national, huge, that we played with Tia Carroll and J.J. Jackson, another black guy with horns and stuff. And that was huge in Brazil. And we played pretty much in every single jazz and blues festival in this country. I mean, back and forth. You, you ask her. He was like taking planes and stuff north, up north of Brazil and the south... South America, Argentina, Chile, and that was great. Man. So at this point in your career, um, how important is it? I mean, do you sustain a living just staying in Brazil and playing in South America? Or is it important for you to be in Europe, to be in the U.S.? I think uh, it's important for me to be a little time here spend a little time here, put some projects, and put some stuff in Europe. We are we are about to release our... I have this project, me, one Hammond B3 player from some from Austria named Raphael Resnig. Mm -hmm. He's, he has a big reputation in Europe. And my brother, Yuri, we are putting out this album called Groove, Groove and Good Times because we, we spent a whole pandemic just pick up songs that we love it and we we were put out in a in a in a, in a in a in a germany label kind of huge in, in in europe in september so i have a lot of different paths i like to produce stuff in my studio i love to go on a road i like to travel that's the reason i'm suffering a lot in pandemic because i can stand to be locked locked up in, in in my studio the whole whole day i mean i'm suffering a lot. i'm 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 a i'm a live music guy you know i like to play live that 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 was how i grew up in the music so for me it's very hard to to be in studio only so i combine all this stuff touring europe releasing this album producing some stuff in brazil i i play some stuff in america to have a lot of friends in america so I, I was like balancing all this stuff. So what did the pandemic do to you? I mean, how you said it was difficult for you, but you obviously spent a lot of time in the studio. Tell me how it affected you. I think because, especially because 
because we stopped. We stopped. I was, I was, I think those last five years, I was traveling a lot. I was traveling a lot. I mean, like here in Brazil, in South America, in Europe, and States. And for me, uh, have to be locked down, have to be not have contact with people. I mean, Latin America, this 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 personal contact with people and playing music, that that part of our DNA. I mean, mm-hmm. was very very hard, very hard. Not only in a financial thing, but for for my mind, you know, like, and, and especially. I have I have a little like panic syndrome. What do you call like when you have panic? Anxieties, panic attacks. Yes. And the first time that I realized that they closed all the borders, I was like, wow, I can travel, I can do anything, blah blah blah. All my friends there in Europe. I have to stop. So it's been it's been it's been pretty brutal, you know, for me, the pandemic. So what's stuff. what's the situation like in Sao Paulo right now? Right now it's getting better with the vaccination but mm-hmm. i think uh, brazilian government and and the, the president we have he, he he was he don't believe too much in in vaccine and that stuff so he was a little slow you know right but now they are speed up a lot of a lot of this vaccine thing and i think i heard that the population in brazil 94 Ninety-four percent. They want to have. They want to have the get the the shot. So this is good, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're producing, are you producing mainly blues and R and B and soul, or are you producing everything? Like, is that your specialty, and is that what you? Yes. Focus on? Yes. I, I I have some stuff that I'm 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 mixing with Brazilian beats and music, but my main thing, the stuff that I always listening that I, that I always read that I study I think it's blues rock rock and roll funk so that kind of black music American black music yeah setting the pandemic aside and I'm, I don't know if we can but pretending like it didn't happen what where is the blue what's the blues scene like in Brazil right now I mean we still have some festivals it's not it's not as strong as was like 10 years ago 8 years ago because the economy thing i mean those last years was was very very hard in brazil but is that more of a it's less a blues thing than a music thing uh the whole the whole thing i think yeah yeah that that affects it even the pop music that they have a lot of money, this economy thing. So, if affect pop music, blues music, and jazz and that kind of stuff is, it's not strong enough. Do you have goals? Like at this point in your career, and you've accomplished a lot. Do you set goals for yourself? Yes, yes. A Can lot. Can you give me examples of what that might be? My next goal will be will be crossover in 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 a way I believe will be different American music and in Brazilian beat in Brazilian roots music 
I mean, like my friend Earl Thomas used to say, the couple ships from Af leave Africa in the old times, and the same people that were suffering, a couple ships was stopped in America and, and, and other was in, in South America. So we still have this connection, you know. We still have this connection. I think, I think traditional American music and traditional Brazilian music has a lot of connection that no one explored, explored in a way I want I to do it. Sounds kind of ambitious, but that, that's my next goal, you know. When you meld the two together, does it make sense? Like, does, do you automatically think, yeah, this belongs with one another? Yeah, but I don't think no one had this put this thing together strong enough yet. Especially in the blues, in the blues scene, I think. And I've, I've been working more than seven years in in my new album my own stuff that I'm 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 trying to design on studio. I'm doing a lot of exper experiments, and I'm trying to learn African music a lot, and 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 I I I I, I, I I'm trying to go back in Brazil music and try to learn a lot too, like I did with the blues, and 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 that's my next goal. That sounds interesting. When things change, what will you do next? What will you be the next? major focus we have this album you know that that are will be out in europe in september and we already have this big tour for next year in europe july august and september and but but we are like waiting you know to see what's happening yeah like everybody so that's next and i will continue producing and trying to finish this 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 uh, original music album that I that I was supposed to put out. And will you be bringing more North American? Oh artists yeah, yeah, for Brazil? sure, yeah, yeah. Anybody in my know? Just I mean, I guess you can't even plan these things at this point. Yeah, but I want to bring bring Tia back for she plays the stuff from her new album because mm -hmm. it's killer. She's a wonderful person. Oh yeah, man. Tia is like family. Here, I mean, for real. I mean, for real. she mm -hmm. used to hang with my mom and my aunt, and 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 cook stuff in my house. I mean, Tia is family, man. I know her long time, like twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. She used to stay in my house now. And I really miss. I really miss all my friends, man. I really miss my friends in America a lot. Well, I can see why. Hopefully things will clear up soon. Yeah. Who knows, but hopefully it will. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, uh, man. Pleasure meeting you. And um, what I think what you do for, I think, both the, the musicians you bring down to Brazil and for your fans in Brazil, it's pretty amazing to be able to share that music yeah. to your country. So thanks for taking this time to talk to me. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. It was great. Thank you.